Man, it's been a minute, Chris. Are you ready to do this? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm right. excited. Oh, Chris, actually, can, we should open up in prayer first before we start. I can pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this time. Um, Lord, give us the words to say. Uh, let us learn new things. Uh, let us be able to speak our hearts, God. Let you just uh, lead the words that come out of our mouth. God, let this be uh, educational and informational um, to Regent, to anybody. God, we just trust in you and everything. Um, and Lord, I pray that we, you know, we aren't ashamed of, of the truth and the gospel, God. And we are, are going to take the narrow path. Um, and so, Lord, just be with us uh, and protect us. Yes. And we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Jesus Amen. 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 Thanks, Chris. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Go On. I'm Jaron. I'm Christian. And Chris, my goodness, boy, it's been a minute since we've been on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it has. We've been busy. A lot of stuff happening in the summer, a lot happening with the, the virus. And I mean, even now with uh, George Floyd. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot. Absolutely a lot going on. And one of the things that um, is exciting about this is we, in our short-lived time uh, doing the podcast, have never had a guest come up on the show a second time. And Jaron, who is that guest? That guest is Mr. Pastor Mark Lawrence. Ooh. Oh, yeah. How you doing, Pastor Mark? It's a beautiful day. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. And I'm very honored at the invitation. Well, we're excited to have you. And, and Chris and I discussed this. Uh, we, we, coming back and doing the summer version of our show, we were, we were interested in, you know, you know we want to encourage people and, and show people that we are very much the same uh, guys that they know and love and guys that are growing and, and learning new things. But we are definitely in a difficult time right now with the coronavirus and, and, and kind of the death of George Floyd and just what that mm. sparked. And, and we wanted to bring you on, not only because you are our spiritual like mentor at, at Region and somebody that we look to as, as the pastor of our campus, but somebody that I feel even for myself, and I know Christian could echo in our, in our workings of, with CM and and the discipleship team have become really good friends with and, and, and feel a very close bond to and somebody mm -hmm. we trust. And so just kind of, we want to start the show and just kind of get your perspective on everything that's going on and just how you're feeling and, and what, what, what have you taken away since Corona and, and the, the death of George Floyd is all sparked up. Well, let me give you one very quick disclaimer. Um, I'm going to share my opinions and my views. Um, this is one black man uh, above 55 years old, and I'm going to share my perspective based on my experiences and what I've experienced in my lifetime. Guys, I've never seen anything remotely close to this. Well, I, I take that back. Um, what happened a few years ago in St. Louis was remotely close to this, but this is on such a, a larger grand national and international scale that um, it, it, it's, I'm, take it, I'm taking it back in terms of the momentum that it's gained and you know, and you couple that with COVID-19, it's almost like the perfect storm. So Americans in America wasn't, uh, we're, we're overwhelmed already with COVID-19, the, the um, quarantine that's lasted, what, two months plus? 
and the devastation of our economy, my goodness, it's so heartbreaking from little tiny mom and pop sandwich shops till, you know, to major corporations, uh, airlines, shipping companies, you name it, that have been greatly impacted by this. So we're already on our knees as a nation. And then this comes, um, the timing couldn't have been worse, but it's, it's, it's definitely a wake up call. It's definitely a wake up call guys. Um, I don't know how you, how deep you want me to get in, in this first answer, but, um, I I can keep going. No, we, and me and Chris kind of feel that we do, well, we want to tackle it because a lot of people at the school and then just people that listen to our show, um, just to act, to go back to the episode where we talked about love people. I don't know how many comments I got, but just how appreciative they were that we went to those spots when we were yeah. talking about love and relationship yeah. that are very uncomfortable to go to sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And hard so questions. hard questions. And so, yeah, feel free. Like we, we know people need to hear this regardless if they want to hear this. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately our country is back in a place where, uh, the focus is on among many, uh, the main focus is on uh, police brutality and social injustices that are, that are happening in, uh, in our communities that are uh, underfunded, that are under filling the blank. Um, you know, a few years ago, a quarterback in the NFL, his name is Cap- Colin Kaepernick. He was, he was a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And this was a quarterback who really wasn't a scrub. I mean, he took them, not only did he take his team to the Super Bowl one year, but they, he came like within one pass. They were, they were driving in one, one deflected pass from actually winning the Super Bowl. But anyway, uh, he, he, he started to protest and kneel during the national anthem, you know, to protest the police brutality and the injustices that were going on in our country against uh, Afro-Americans. And, oh, my gosh, it was such a huge backlash uh, against him, against any other players that were doing it. And of course it immediately spread to other players in just about every team in the, in the NFL. Uh, there was backlash, financial backlash to the owners because literally people were like ripping up their season passes and saying, I'm never coming to another season, a game. I'm never going to watch the game. So it was, it, it really started a whirlwind of, um, of emotions and actions and reactions. And I'll be honest with you in that first, in that first protest, being in the age group that I am, being in the, the generation, uh, you know, I am a baby boomer. My first thought was, you know, I, this is disrespecting the flag. It's disrespecting our military, yada, 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 yada. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear. I mean, I heard, but I didn't really hear and understand his narrative of why he was doing it. This guy literally really gave, he, he sacrificed his career. Okay. Now, um, before I go further, I don't want to, I'm not trying to make Colin Kaepernick a martyr or some kind of, he's not. I mean, he was a guy who made an informed decision. It cost him his career. But now as we circle back, you know, from some five, six years later, the same thing is going on. And, and you know, we see that, that graphic image that was placed, that was taken on a cell phone that the whole, not this, this country, the world sees. Yeah. This man literally choked to death for eight, nine minutes under the yeah. knee of a police officer. You know, that's inexcusable. That's, that's horrific. That's, you know, any adjective I can think of. And we as a country cannot, you know, cannot tolerate that. And we have to, we have to make some changes. We have to make some policy changes. We have, there has to be some uh, awareness going on and all of that. But I want to talk for a little bit at some point in this podcast about the perspective of the church, the perspective of the body of Christ. 
-hmm. Because I want you to know that, of course, the world is looking at this through a certain lens. Um, you know, when, when Dr. Martin Luther King did the I Have a Dream speech in, in um, Washington, D.C., I was like uh, five, six years old. But, uh, you know, I've seen the speech hundreds of times. I've seen pictures and, and heard accounts of it. Those were that those hundred thousand plus people. They were not just black people. They were white people. They were people from every every culture and background. You know what? That same thing is happening today. When I look at pictures of the of the protests and of the movement, the, the demonstrations. Oh, Jared, I mean, in, it, it's, it's, it's really encouraging actually for me to see every, every culture represented. These are young people who are Asian American, who are, who are Hispanic, who are black, who are white and, and, and American native. So that's, I, I don't think this is just gonna go away. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know if, you know, because you know, the other, the other movements we've had in the past, and, and the other pleas and cries for change, for the most part, in, at least in the thoughts of some, have gone unnoticed. But this, this looks different, this feels different, this is different, but I wanna say to this podcast audience that as a believer, there's the worldview and then there's a biblical worldview. worldview. Mm-hmm. And I wanna ask the rhetorical question to your audience, uh, Christian and, and Jaron, is what lens are you looking this, uh, what lens are you looking at this whole this whole demonstration and the marches and and the backlash through the the demon the the violence and the all the things the destruction that's going on what lens are you looking at i can take a political point of view and and by the way some of this narrative has been hijacked by people with political agendas and other agendas so i want to challenge our body to say what lens are we looking at because if we're looking at it through the same lens then we're going to keep beating the same drum we need um more sensitivity training. We need more body cameras on police officers. We need more this, that, this, that. When the issue, the, the, the foundational issue in this country and in every country, but in this country, the foundational issue, well, yes, do we have a racism problem? Yes, we have a racism problem mm-hmm. that needs to mm-hmm. be dealt with. But the foundational issue is a sin problem. And mm-hmm. I know there are certain church people that don't want to hear that. There are certain black people in my community, Afro-American community don't want to hear that. But I'll tell you what, and I've said this the other day to somebody, and they kind of looked at me funny. I said, if you could solve overnight or within the next three to six months, if you could solve the police brutality issue, if you could even solve many of the economic imbalances in our neighborhoods, would we have a happy, sweet, peaceful America? No, we wouldn't. There would be a, we would spring a leak somewhere else because, again, the, the, those, those issues should be dealt with. And I'm, I'm glad that we're taking action. We're shining a light on them. Hopefully there will be further action to bring some, um, some policy changes that, that will make these incidents with um, George Floyd extinct. They should never happen to any person of any race. But at the same time, if we're gonna fix this, we need to look at the word of God and listen to the heart of God. What does God say about this? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. you said if we could take this uh, from a, a the church's church body perspective, if we can look at it from that perspective, Pastor Mark, I think that's the only perspective that we can, you know, look at it. You know, especially just all of us being Christians, and you know, that's especially how I've been seeing it. Um, from you know, you know, I'm not I'm not black. I'm not a politician, uh, and or any of the other following, you know, but I am a Christian and that's what I find my identity in. And so it's like, okay, what, what does the word of God say? And, you know, we can see, 
you know, a man being killed and we can see a race problem. But like you said, it, it, all of it is a sin problem. I mean, this is everything in our world. That's a problem is a sin problem. Yeah. You know, guys, um, one of the things that we, we've addressed over and over and over again is that as the church, this is a wonderful time. Let me tell you why, Jaron and Kristen, this is a wonderful time. Uh, and this is one of the church's finest hours is because we have a platform in America to have conversations that we've never really had in terms of uh, between races. Um, we, well, let me take that back. We've had a chance to have these conversations, but now we have a stage and it's unfortunate we have this stage and we have this scenario, this backdrop, but these conversations can be had now easier and, and better than ever in our past. Are they mm -hmm. uncomfortable? Yes. Mm -hmm. And and I wanna, I wanna encourage all of my non-black friends, no matter what culture you're from, take some time to listen to um, the narrative. Take some time to listen to the heart of people who are hurting and suffering and who have something to say. You know, again, me in my own community, in my own culture, um, I've been listening over the last couple of weeks. I've been processing and, and some of my views are, are evolving. You know, not from a Christian to non-Christian, but I'm just saying, hmm, you know, like, like with the whole kneeling thing, I'm going like, um, I still, that's not how I would protest, but I believe that if collectively black players in the NFL say we want to kneel or in professors for say we want to kneel during whatever time, yada, yada, this is how we want to have a peaceful protest, then I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to stand for your right to do that. I'm not going to do that, but I understand now the cause. I understand now it's nothing against, you know, the government, it's nothing against the military. So again, guys, what do you think about the conversation that needs to be had? And from your perspective, how comfortable are you having these difficult conversations? I think, at least for me, from my perspective, something that my mom has always kind of been an example of is, and I've always, I've always said this about her, she is somebody that when you talk to her, she will listen and make you feel like the only person in the room. And so I think that kind of mentality and mindset has been something that I've tried to adapt into my own life and every kind of scenario and situation. But I think listening and having an ear to hear people, to hear what they're going through, what they're experiencing, because ultimately the Lord is walking along and hearing everything that we're going through. And he's always somebody that we can turn to and talk to, and he's going to be speaking into our lives. But it's like that idea of he absolutely loves to hear from us and he wants to hear from us, whether it be good. And especially when it's bad, like just telling him everything we're going through and walking through. And it, it it's, there brings a comfort to that, to have somebody that's just there to listen. And so on that end, I've been very, very uh, encouraged and support that, that element of listening and, and hearing people and trying to figuring out where they're coming from. You have to, you have to know where the basis is yeah, yeah. and, and understanding that, you know, this is something I had to learn too, where I realized like you're sometimes you're going to be talking to people and even if they're hurting in a more in a more difficult way than you would understand their maturity level might not be at the level as yours is at to be able to handle that kind of situation regardless if you can relate to them or not on that situation and and for me i've been seeing a lot with especially within just our community at region and, and as christians as the body of christ uh noticing that the world uh they need to catch up to where the body of christ uh, christians need to be at least. And 
I, I know for sure that that is something that we definitely need to be moving towards and, and actually understanding that. What do you think, Kristen? Yeah, I mean, personally, I haven't, you know, I don't feel like, um, you know, I think peaceful protest is awesome. Um, but that's not something that, you know, I've ever done or really feel called to do or would even know where to start. And, you know, there's, you know, some things that I've heard is like, okay, now is time to take action. Um, and so that can be, you know, kind of confusing, you know, as I mean, personally speaking, you know, where do I, where do I even start? Um, how can I even have a voice in this? And, um, you know, just kind of looking at it from a Christian perspective and seeing, you know, as every problem is a sin problem, you know, this is, this is just another problem. And of course it's, you know, it's, uh, very, you know, amplified right now. Um, you know, compared to a lot of other problems. And I think rightfully so. I think things need to be uh, adjusted and to be corrected. And so that's why, you know, it is amplified. That's why, you know, we're having these protests and riots because, you know, people are starting to have enough of, you know, and of course there definitely is, you mentioned there, there definitely is a race problem. There is probably some police officers who are, you know, not doing the right thing or, you know, stereotyping, of course. Um, but I kind of just, I, you know, I see myself as just continually, no matter what problem it is, kind of just being a Christian. And so whether that's, that's listening to people hurting or, you know, that's just having my take on it and what I believe to be truth. And, you know, I, I see it as, as just a straight up sin problem, um, and so knowing the solution for that, you know, I could say Jesus, but if, if you have ears and won't listen, then you condemn yourself. Um, and I, I can't help after that, you know, but, you know, I can keep talking and, you know, I would love to learn, you know, especially from you, uh, you know, some more action that we could Absolutely. take on this. Yeah. I'm so glad you said what you just said, because Kristen, I want to make sure your podcast audience understands that just because we're saying this is a sin problem, which it is. That does not absolve the church. That does not absolve exactly. the government from taking some clear-cut specific actions and, and doing. You know, we need to go from the conversations to some actions. But yeah. I want to go back to, to pointing out that the conversations are a starting point because that's where we're going to get some understanding. That's where we're going to take our first steps toward uh, reconciliation, to getting empathy and really leading to, the, hopefully that's going to lead to un unity. You know, um, uh, I want to I want to call you out on a statement you made, Jaron, just a little bit. But no, oh, feel free. You said, "Tell me, tell me if this, if I if I repeat this correctly." You said, "The world needs to catch up to where the church is." Yeah, and I say in saying that I definitely knew I needed to backtrack and restate, "The world needs to catch up to where Jesus is." Okay, that's okay. what I should have said. Good. Well, either way, either way. Well, well, saying that Jesus says puts a different spin on all together. Yeah. Let me well, please be critical original. of that of that yeah. statement because <laughs> I want to talk about, and I do. I should have rephrased it, um, but I do want to talk about why that statement would be wrong. But, oh, yeah. Well, you know, it, that, that's a perspective that not that a lot of people have though, and the the other side of that 
discussion is a lot of people feel the exact opposite. They feel like the church is so far behind, you know, in the conversation. They're so far behind in this discussion and in, in, in on any level in terms of actually having the discussion or it's definitely in terms of action. Now, when I say to somebody, because I was in some uh, uh, vigorous conversation over the weekend with some people closer to your generation, and it was good because I was listening and I was hearing and learning and they were listening to me so when i when i dropped that um you know it's a sin problem they like blew that and these are christian they were like no dude we can't drop that card because we've got this systemic prejudice going on and and on and on. and the church for the most part has been on the sidelines the church has been not engaged in you know dealing with the poverty issues and dealing with this and that and i listened and then my response to that was i said okay i'm going to give you my perspective and, and call you out to say, I really believe the church has because, and I just used this as an example. I said, Operation Blessing, CBN, Operation Blessing is a worldwide international ministry and all they do is go to depressed, depressed places and dig wells and, and build schools and, and fund or uh, feed people. And they do that internationally. They do that in America. Now mm -hmm. I can't go to all of those countries. And let me shout out another one, Billy Graham um, and Franklin Graham. Franklin Graham's a ministry. They have a part of that ministry called the Rapid Response Team. So whenever there's a devastation around, in, around this country and even other parts of the world, they send a team. They send chaplains. They send people on the ground that can bring immediate um, support, sometimes even before government agencies. So to, for somebody to say the church isn't doing something, that's not, that's not true. I know what my church is doing. My church is in the inner city. My church has uh, tutoring programs and my church has other programs, uh, halfway houses where they're you know, helping people that, that get out of prison and that are on drugs. So to say that blanketly, you know, that's not true and it's not fair and accurate. So, but really it's not until both parties come to the table and, and they understand what, is, what other side, one side needs and the other side what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So I think the church can be proactive and it will help when we, when we get to those places and we can, we can offer not just financial assistance. I mean, you could throw money at anything. I mean, the government is notorious for doing that, but no, throwing money at every situation doesn't fix it. I mean, we yeah, all know yeah. that, mm -hmm. but when you can give, um, when you can give human resources to say, yes, we will tutor your children after school. Yes, we will provide these uh, before school meals or after school meals. We will give you clothing. We will give you these grocery baskets. I mean, have you seen during the pandemic how many ministries have turned their churches into places where people can come and get groceries? To me, that's the church doing what the church should do. Yeah. And I don't think we should tell people about the love of Jesus if we're not willing or if we haven't shown them yeah. the love of Jesus. Absolutely. There's this, um, and it can, it sort of goes into that phrase. There's this rule in filmmaking actually called show, don't tell. You don't want to tell the audience something's happening. You want to show them that it's happening. And so that kind of has been something that I've at least looked at. Um, and even in, I think even as an example though, of kind of how we were talking, like, you know, that statement of like the world needs to catch up to the church and, and then vice versa and flipping it. I think, in order for really for amount of change to happen, like we just had with that conversation, Pastor Mark, it needs to be expanded on it. It just can't be one blanket statement. And I feel like in viewing the news and viewing the current situation, there's a lot of blanket statements and not a lot of uh, inspection and, and, and discussion going on. And maybe that's what's gotten us to where we are because it's just blanket statements. Mm -hmm. And just, and I think 
really there has to be like a wake up call to be like, it's going to be hard. It's going to be rough. It's going to be long, but you have to discuss them. You have to work it out. Like if you want to, it's like when you're working on a project, I always, I always go back to like filmmaking type of things because that's what I know so well. But like mm-hmm. in order to get like a project, a video done for CM, whether it be a scribe at home or just anything that we worked on this summer or this past school year. Wait a minute. Uh, what, what, what is the CM you speak of? What, oh, what is campus ministries. Oh, okay. Thank you. I was just. Regent University's campus ministries. Um, <laughs> yes. For our non-region <laughs> audience who don't know what I'm talking about, campus ministries. But like to work on those projects, I didn't get to the, we didn't get to the end video without a lot of discussion, a lot of critiquing. Um, a lot of breaking it down and, and figuring out like what works and what doesn't work and what needs to be fixed. What's almost there and needs a little bit more of a push. Like we can't, there's so many different layers to it. And I think people are maybe looking at it as a black and white situation. And I mean that in both senses of the phrase. Um, and I, I would say like, it, it can't just be you're bad, you're good. Or it has to be like, maybe this person has been working, you know, not in, in secret, but like, you know, there's a lot of action and things the church does. They don't go out for recognition. You know, the heart, the heart of God and God sees it and honors you when you work, not for the recognition of others, but for the heart of God and people recognizing like, oh, there's people working that we've never heard their name before. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing things and, and being proactive and, and, and actionary in their works and not for the callings of in the 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 celebration of this world so it's there's so many like things to take into account Mm -hmm. when we move into that actionary step but one thing and i and i chris if you even want to talk about this like what that would look like but just like i want to talk about the good the heart like you mentioned pastor mark with the good that the church has been doing in this time i do want to touch on some of the things that the church needs to work on uh right now so Mm. yeah what, what does that look like right now when there's so many good things that we could talk about and wonderful things but what, what what are some things that are kind of uncomfortable that the church definitely needs to recognize and, and talk about guys i go to a, a multicultural church and um, one of the things that i enjoy most about uh, the, going to that ministry is how sensitive my pastor is to other cultures i mean if I, you look at his leadership the, the people who minister and and work in leadership there it, it, it looks like heaven. And also when you go, go on Sunday, uh, but what, what I really believe the church needs to step up and do and understand in order to have these um, hard conversations and, and develop points of action and develop strategies, I believe we need to, and I coined this term, it's called relational evangelism. Um, I, I grew up in the inner city in New Jersey and I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. The 70s were, you know, largely the beginning of my teen years. Um, by the way, the 70s is when the best, that was the best music era ever in America, but we won't, that's another I podcast. Know. I know. But, <laughs> but anyway, so I, I have seen pretty much racism in every form um, as, a, as an adult and even living in Virginia, I've been driving down the street and pulled over for absolutely no reason. And, you know, been questioned and, you know, I, I was polite. I was, I was um, courteous and the officer was courteous to me. Nothing happened to it. But my, my whole point was saying, what the church can do today and what we can do now is look for opportunities to build relationship. I don't believe that we can try to put a Bible in somebody's hands. I don't know if they have tracks anymore. You know what a track is guys, mm-hmm. a little piece of paper with the gospel yeah. on it. They hand them out I, in New I, York I city. There you go. I don't think we can, you know, go there anymore because 
I want to build relationships. I want to start with these conversations. I want to start with these interactions. And I want to build a conversation. I want to get to know you. And then when I get to know you, when I start to hear a little bit about your story, you know what the Holy Spirit's going to do? He's going to give me some revelation. It could be just a word of encouragement. It could be something more. I don't know. Um, last Friday, this, uh, this Friday that just passed, uh, for the first time, I got a call from a dear friend of mine uh, who's a staff at Regent. And he said, look, let's go to lunch on me. Well, you know what? The quickest way to get me to go to lunch is to invite me and tell me you're paying. So anyway, yeah. so we meet at this restaurant in um, in Elizabeth City called AJ Gators. You ever heard of AJ Gators? Oh, yeah. These guys been, are like totally open. You've been there? Yeah. yeah. They're open. I mean, I thought we were going to like have to take our food outside the patio. Nope. Come on in. And of course, they have the tables faced and stuff. So we're sitting there and, you know, he and I are glad to see each other. You know, we've got our little mask and, you know, we, but we're talking. And so this lovely, this beautiful waitress comes. This young lady couldn't have been, she's probably between the ages of 22 and 25. Okay. okay young lady. And she takes our name and she's, uh, and she's um, taking our order. Very pleasant demeanor. She's having conversation with us and she gets our food and brings it to us. You know, about 15, 20 minutes, she brings us our food. And she's like, you got everything? I said, I think we have everything. My friend said, we have everything. She says, okay, if you need anything, don't, you know, don't hesitate to call me. And I said, one thing. I said, we're about to bless this food. Is there something I can pray for you? What do you, what do you need that we can pray for? And gosh, she looks, she stops, she froze for a second. She's like, oh, wow. And then she names three things. Bam, bam, bam. Can you really pray for that for me? Bam, bam, bam. We were like, wow, absolutely. Yes, yes, sir. And so now usually, because I do this with my wife all the time, when the when you say that to a waiter or waitress, if they agree, and like 85%, 90% of the time, they'll say yes, they'll walk away. So this young lady, she said, yes, you could pray about bam, bam, bam. And then she stood there. She had plastic gloves on, guys. She extends her hands wow. to us. So, I mean, so I've gen I was like, okay. You know? so I just touched fingertips and I prayed and then she, she, she thanked us and she walked away. Guys, uh -huh. I'm telling you, she came back three more times and just said, one time near church said, you don't know what that did for me. I needed that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And the third time, you know what she did? And that really blew my mind. She goes, I believe in prayer. Is there something I can pray for you? Oh, wow. Mm, wow. I was wow. totally not prepared for that guy. So I'm thinking, now I have to think, okay, <laughs> what can I share with this young lady? And I told her, and I told her just about, I said, I work at Regent University. I work with the best students on the planet and yada, yada, yada. Please pray. And I gave her a prayer request. And she said, I will absolutely pray for that. Mm. So my whole, my, this, my whole point in that story, guys, was this. Relational evangelism is when we are willing to go beyond what the norm is, beyond what the social norm beyond sometimes what our comfort zone is and say, Jesus, what do you want me to do in this situation? She could have shut me down. She could have said, yeah, I'm good. She could have been offended, whatever. But I wouldn't know until I ask. And I have people, we've done that in the past, and people have been very curt with us, very cold. Okay, I asked. So, and, and besides, you know, the Bible says one plant, Paul said one plant, another waters, and God gets the increase. So to give you a very long answer to a short question you asked me, Jaron and Kristen, I really believe that if we can be intentional about not just starting conversations, but where we can, and it's not going to be everywhere every day, but where we can build some small level of relationship and then rely on the Holy Spirit for the next step. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I've, I've been encouraged 
at that kind of ministry uh, mm. because it's touched me personally. Like I've grown in my relationship with Jesus because of one, because of just the, the growing and reading the Bible and, and getting to know his word and his heart even better, but getting to see his heart in action through other people. And Chris has been one of those, you know, Christian, you've been one of those people for me. You, you showed me what discipline as a Christian looks like. And that's inspired me to this day. I still exercise discipline in my life because of what Chris set as an example, as a Christian example of what that looks like. And, and so like, yeah, that I, it's interesting people as a leader, people actually, a lot of people do want to engage in that kind of stuff. I think they're just maybe nervous and waiting for an invitation. You find more often than not, like, people yeah like you said like nine 85 90 percent of people when you ask them hey can i pray for you or is there something i can pray for you about more than times than not they'll say yes i and i think it's they're just waiting for that invitation and as leaders and as as the body of christ we need to be able to step up to that to to offer up that invitation because because you'll find that more people are receptive to it when they like you know a smile they see they connect to your their face and just like you, you have a moment of of human interaction and it's like they're in that space of like it's just you two talking she's gonna be prayed for about these things that have been on her heart if she gave you a list of three then obviously those things have been heavy on her heart mm -hmm. and just that that invitation yeah i guarantee like people more people than not that we don't even realize they're waiting for something like that mm -hmm. and it's our calling and our job as christians as leaders uh to to engage that and you see the change. You see the change that comes from that because it's just, they build off of like, you're coming to the plate, both of you imperfect with different perspectives, but you, you, you match on that idea of like, we're both here in this moment right now to talk about it. And I think that ultimately, I, I, from my perspective, at least, and just seeing all this, I think when people run up to the plate selflessly going, I don't know everything. I have some things I can offer. And the other person going like, absolutely. I am, I know you don't know everything. I know you have things to offer and I'm ready to hear them. And I'm ready for you to hear what I have to offer. And I don't have it figured out. Mm -hmm. People engaging on that end of like, I, I'm here with what I have and what I don't. So I'm ready. I think that call to action of like, I'm ready for what you have on both sides. It can't just be a, you're here to just listen and I'm here to tell you everything. It needs to be an exchange, a back and forth of what's, what are you feeling and what am I feeling? Yeah. I think, you know, in that, um, I think we're searching for unity and as this kind of, I think, you know, kind of overlooking the whole George Floyd thing. I think the biggest problem is, you know, people are seeing it. It's just, just the racist problem. Um, like, I guess injustice too, you know, because he was, you know, I mean, the guy had his knee on his neck for, you know, nine minutes yelling, I can't breathe and all these things. Yeah. And so people are so dumbfounded, like, how, how could you even, you know, three or four officers there looking at that and just being like, okay with it, you know? Um, but I guess on, um, you know, the, the black and white um, situation, um, you know, I, I, I think there's, I believe there's unity in Christ. Um, you know, I think people are trying to, you know, we want all, all the races to be together and heck yeah, let's do it. You know, I mean, I grew up, um, you know, obviously I'm white, but I, when I went to public school, I was the minority 
um, you know, I went to the uh, public school with, you know, uh, mostly Hispanics uh, and, and, and blacks and African-Americans. Um, and so I actually, you know, I kind of got the, the back end. I would get bullied because I was white. You know, kids used to call me as white as a piece of paper, you know? And so it's like, you know, I, it's like, okay, I, I received race racism too. So, you know, it definitely goes both ways. Of course, I think, you know, I, I personally think that, you know, Africans, American, African-Americans get it way worse. And then, you know, I was able to, you know, kind of shrug it off and live through that. I think it gave me a uh, tougher skin. Um, but aside from like the race, race problem, you know, there's definitely just unity in Christ. You know, I, I, I think in the Bible, it talks about how, you know, you can just, you're, you're all brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter what race. And, you know, even your church, Pastor Mark, like how, you know, there's a big emphasis on, uh, cultural diversity and, you know, people can, you know, have potlucks together and worship together and seek God together. It's because we all have like one goal that we're aiming for. And, and, you know, we all have the, the same will that we're following the same goals that we're aiming for. And we're all, we all realize that we're sinners and that we all have this problems kind of like what you were talking about, Jaren, like, you know, different perspectives, but we can come together in unity. Um, and so just kind of just trying to figure out, you know, on the question of what can the church do? What can the, what kind of action can the church take? Like, you know, what are some things that we could, that the church can do? I mean, of course, just, you know, acting like Christ and following his example, but, but what else, what are some practical tips that we could follow? Can I ask you guys a question? I'll turn the tables real quick. Yeah. Yeah. When you see signs and when you hear black lives matter, what do you think? How do you process that? Hmm. So I, I will say, um, I heard a good point once before, um, you know, there's, there's a debate between black lives matter and all lives matter. And so some people will be like, oh, well, all lives matter, don't they? And people are like, oh, you can't just say black lives matter. Um, and I heard a good point once before, um, just saying like, you know, I, if I would, I, if I was protesting and I had a sign I would probably put just black lives matter um, on a sign than all lives matter because it's not saying like, it's kind of a given all lives matter. But the problem is, is that, you know, we're seeing uh, racism towards black people (laughs) a lot more than white people. Um, And so, you know, if I did protest and I I was at a protest and I had a sign, I would, I would probably put black lives matter just because I also know that that would just disturb a lot of peace if I just put, you know, all lives matter. I think that, you know, not just, just like brushing a dog backwards is, is not the right way to do it. And I think, you know, just going, um, I think that kind of even goes into being relatable. So, you know, that's what, that's what, that's what I think. Absolutely. And I would like to bounce off of what Chris just said. And, you know, we want to provide an invitation to start communication and going to like, if you were to go to a protest and have a sign that just is, you know, regardless what it says, if it's going to cause division or any kind of backlash, that, that, that is not really inviting people to the table to discuss. And so when it comes to Black Lives Matter or, or any kind of, you know, sign, obviously, and 100% Black Lives Matter, 
all you know and that that's that phrase of all lives matter it's i don't it's a very it's a very tricky subject to breach and talk about because we all know from the heart of christ we're all created by the hands of god like he right. took the time to to individually create us with his own hands like how ima- how imaginative is that somebody so creative to to be personable to each one of us but they were all everyone everyone all lives black lives white lives asian lives everyone was created from the same pair of hands mm. and i've i've been seeing signs of more that i've kind of felt connected to more jesus jesus longs for justice and some signs like that that i've i felt personally i can connect to more just from my perspective and i'm still learning and trying to figure that out but i I definitely echo chris's sentiments and saying you don't want to show up to a protest or any kind of thing with a sign that's going to be uh tearing people apart more than bringing them to the table you want to bring them to the table to engage in conversation so if it's a sign like black lives matter um, just on the sign standpoint, the actual phrase itself, I think, rings true because, you know, Pastor Mark, your life matters. I have a lot of friends. All their their lives have always mattered, and I I love them so dearly. They're 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 such a unique and, and instrumental part of my life and how they've impacted me and Chris and just everybody that I've I went to a school in Peoria, Illinois, that was a big population was Korean, and those mm-hmm. I had I I had a. Um, uh, Mr. Kim, who was one of my teachers, got to impact me in a really unique way because he was a missionary in uh, Korea. And so, like, it was just that aspect of the phrase itself, Black Lives Matter. Yes, absolutely. And then when it comes to the protests and sign, you want to bring people to the table to discuss with them. I know that's a long-winded answer that's to your good. simple question, but deal. at least from where I'm at right now and still learning, that's a perspective that I've definitely uh, held for myself. Yeah, even regardless of, um, you know, the, the, if, if you're a Christian, you believe in the Bible, you know, in the beginning, you know, it, it says that all people were created in the image of God. Um, and then, you know, t- okay, right there, every, all men are created equal, right? Mm-hmm. Boom. Like, so, so now we have our foundation. So there's no even like, you know, I think it's the, with the racism, um, people are just kind of, you know, they, they look at each other as like, or other races that are not them as like, not everyone, of course, but as, uh, as like animals and they see all the bad and they look at the stereotypes. Um, and I even, I wrote a a paper on, um, like the dehumanization process of Jews during the Holocaust. And, you know, uh, these Nazis, these Germans would, look at Jews, they treated them as animals and saw them as animals through propaganda and through, you know, every, uh, policy and through culture and society, you know, Jews were seen as these rodents and animals and things that like a fly in your wall, you don't like, it's not like a dog where you want to keep it or anything like something disgusting and horrendous that you just want to kill and get rid of. Uh, and so that's, you know, psychologically how the the Nazis were able to kind of like look at Jews and kill them, you know, so easily and want to get rid of them. Um, And so, you know, I think there's with uh, tons of races, there can be a lot of divide um, and kind of hatred and pride against or towards, you know, other, 
other races. Let, let me share some, just some, some perspective from Afro-American community. I don't speak for all black people, but I wanted, I want to help you in terms of when you have these conversations or when you're in these scenarios where you, where you see the signs or you're, or you're confronted with that, just, I just want to uh, present a point of view. Um, black Lives Matter for, for many black people mean that, you know, in this country, again, dealing with the problem of racism through how we're treated uh, through brutality through police officers and where it's occurring almost on a regular basis again and again and again and again, you know, it's like we matter. We're here. Um, initially, a few years ago, I, I, when, when the Black Lives Matter came out, I was like, yes, we do. And then I, I now preached a sermon one Sunday, one Saturday, actually, uh, All Lives Matter. And then I preached one Blue Lives Matter. Um, let, let me just kind of put a pin here and say one of my best friends on the planet is a, is a police officer. Actually, he's a state trooper. And the state troopers in Virginia, they work with every police department. So he's worked with Portsmouth, Virginia Beach, Chesapeake, Norfolk, I mean, Campton. So he's worked with all of the police departments. He's a Caucasian, single dad, two children. So before coming to Regent, we worked together for six years at an at a elementary school in Chesapeake. And I would listen to this guy's stories on a regular basis, a weekly basis. We would just have, you know, this meeting. First of all, we were two guys that loved football. He was a Steelers fan and I was a Cardinals fan. But beyond football, we really connected with me telling me these stories um, about his life. And, you know, every day leaving his two children, not knowing if he would return and, and, and telling me about drug busts and all this. So it was almost like I was living vicariously through this guy this life that I only see like on TV in these, um, in these uh, detective shows. But it gave me a, a level of sensitivity so that, you know, I don't, I, I don't maybe view them through the eyes, of, like the same lens as um, any other person, even black, white, or whatever. I, I see them, this guy's really a human being. And we talked, because I really wanted to get some context about a week and a half ago. And he was like, he's like, Mark, this, the, the, the morale in police departments is like demoralized because he said, because of, and this, I'm just using the words he used, because of a few idiots in Minnesota, now, you know, um, officers all over the country are taking the brunt. And if you paid any attention to the news, there since in the last couple of weeks, there are officers that have been shot, there are officers that throw throwing bricks and stuff at, and I can't even wrap yeah. my mind around why I would want to hurt a police officer in Hampton Roads for something one individual or four individuals did in Minnesota. So anyway, bringing it back to the Black Lives Matter, it's 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 a statement that's out of out of grief, out of pain, and and even those that feel like you know that you know we we've, we've tried to have a voice, we tried to have a peaceful voice, we tried to demonstrate peacefully, and that's gotten us nowhere. So you know what we're gonna do? I'm gonna do something violent. I'm gonna do something stupid. I'm gonna do something destructive. Do I have your attention now? Now, do I agree with that? No. I think people who destroy other people's property uh, should be sent to jail. And especially what really blows my mind is why in the world am I going to burn down a, a, a business, a place of business in my community that serves my people? I mean, that really makes no sense to me. But so, but the getting back to the Black Lives Matter things, I want you to, you know, know and have that sensitivity to this is this is our chance to have out to tell our story and to remind you. And to hear that with the Jews, that's, you know, that's horrific and something, you know, that they had to go through, you know, uh, the Japanese Americans, you know, years ago when they had, when the you know, World War, the harp, the, uh, the war, when Harbor was, Pearl Harbor was bombed, they were put in constant 
concentration camp. Yeah. I was I was watching a, a documentary of that recently, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that they went through for years. So anyway, I just wanted to hear the context, how you related to that, and just having empathy and understanding that that's born out of pain, that's born out of suffering, and that is really meant to make a statement, but it's understood, in at, at least in my community and the people that are in my social circle, that all lives do matter, but I'm making a statement and I'm gonna hold up this placard so you will know and understand and remember that my black life matters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for sharing that. It, yeah, and I know me and Chris, we talked beforehand, like getting into some of these harder subjects, a little nerve wracking, uh, but necessary, I think. Yes. And it's always, I think, good to hear I'm a big believer in intention, intentionality and what are the intentions behind it? Like I would never, ever turn somebody down off of just a blanket statement. I would, I would want to sit down and talk through that with them and, and, and to develop like, what is the meaning behind it? Like, were you, how hurt were you in the moment when you said that or, or did that? And I, I, I think that's a, also, it applies to parenting too. Um, and a lot of like, as I'm getting older and closer to, the years when I will become a parent, like, how do I want to raise my kids? And how do I, how do my parents, how did my parents raise me? Like, do you, is there parts of uh, raising kids that it's like you, you discipline uh, just on actions immediately. And then there's some that you, that you decide, okay, we're going to take a process of just talking through this. And it's, it's, I think it's all the intentions behind actions and what they look like. And, and ultimately with all, wrong intentions it all stems from sin and i think when we recognize that and then when we move into like an actionary point then we finally can start to reach points of change yeah. i think um and one yeah, thing no, oh, oh, oh sorry are you gonna say I something wanted, yeah i was gonna say because I, I i i made a mental note to say something and i that i don't want this podcast to end with before i say is that from the from the Christian perspective from the perspective of believers in the body of Christ, um, we should be in, involved in the discussion. We should be involved in the strategy to, to make changes. But we have a mandate. We have a command from Jesus. And this is what I don't want to get lost in the, in the discussions and lost in the programs or hijacked by anybody with a political agenda or any other kind of agenda. As a believer in Jesus Christ, he said, Mark, go to the nations and preach the gospel. Mm. He said, to every creature, what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. So, um, yeah, we can give you a government check. We can get you jobs. We can do all of those things. I can totally change your, let's say if I had the power to totally change your life, you know, economically, socioeconomically, and, and, and every status, educationally and academics, but you die and go to hell what good is that? What profits mm -hmm. a man if he gains the world but loses his soul? So, yeah, so when, I've, when I've gotten a chance, I, I remind Christians, Christians, we can be a part of this process in terms of the demonstrations, in terms of, you know, the conversations that are going on and be a part of the, uh, of the healing process. But the bottom line is Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said, absolutely. make disciples of all nations. And now we've got this, we, we've literally got the nations, the, all of the nations together on the same platform making a statement. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that's going to look like in terms of um, the opportunities for 
uh, men and women of God to be on a grand stage and in any way minister the gospel. But I tell yeah. you what, let CNN, ABC, CBS, Fox News call me, and I get a chance. You go, there's going to be some gospel in that in that Amen. in that in that presentation. So that's the, my last reminder. I just wanted to make sure that we didn't no. end this without me saying the responsibility of a believer that Jesus mandated. And I really believe that when we get to heaven and we stand in judgment, you know, I don't know how many how many polit political activist questions he's going to ask me or what I'm going to be judged for that. But I know what Jesus is concerned about, building his kingdom. Absolutely. Now, all of these other parts are important because I don't want to come across that Christians should be anything but what Jesus was. What was he? Jesus was compassionate. The Bible says he saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion. Well, what did he do when he was moved with compassion? He fed them. He healed them. So I really believe that we need to be the, the manna, the bread, bringing them the word of God, and we need to bring them the healing they need Absolutely. to see mm -hmm. one day see Jesus. Absolutely. And then yeah. just to bounce off of that real quick, um, my, uh, the story of Jonah my dad actually just did a whole sermon series on the story of Jonah and Jonah's calling to go to Nineveh, which was like, you know, as evil as you can get of a place. The worst. And, and so the idea that like the Lord is going to call us into these places and we're in a world that is basically a large scale Nineveh of sense, you know, and we are called to go to these places to minister the gospel. And like, so just to put it like, I guess in perspective as a, my my dad was preaching that sermon because right now they're living uh my family is living in portland oregon which is i there's it's very beautiful oregon is very beautiful but it is a very 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 dark place there's a lot of very sinful things going on there and one of the examples was the with the riots all happening and stuff they just looted and completely destroyed a brand new uh renovated apple store Apple store that over Christmas break, I was in getting my headphones replaced for like an hour sitting oh. in that Apple store, completely destroyed. Mm -hmm. the, the entire um, outside of it is huge, huge, huge section of a building, beautiful glass. Like you could see right into the Apple store from every direction you're standing, completely broken, shattered, everything stolen. And yeah. just, it hurts to see that. And then it hurts even more, but, but uh, a kind of hurt that's like, and peace that my family is living there right now, but that they are actively pursuing what the Lord has for them to minister to the people that are there. And so many families that are in all over uh, the United States and the world ministering in places that are just full of pure evil and just so much spiritual warfare and knowing in my heart that the Lord is honoring them, honoring their faithfulness to serve. And the Lord will honor our faithfulness to go and serve in those places. And I'm actually wondering, um, you know, we go to a school with a lot of people that are going to go into missions work and ministry. And uh, a lot of them that I've come in contact with have all uh, referenced the fact that they feel called at this moment outside of the country. I wonder how many people are going to be starting called inside of this country. Right here. Um, I, I think there needs to be a lot of missionaries here in this country uh, at work uh, immediately. So I'm, I'm wondering what that's going to look like next semester. Like how they many do. people? We got a freshman class coming and I don't know what this class is going to look like. I'm so excited, but I'm believing God that very thing that he would burden the hearts of his people to be called to ministry wherever he, where, where, and be open to wherever the Holy Spirit sends them. Mm -hmm. Even if it's America. Even if it's even, America. Even if it's America. Um, 
Okay, so we've kind of talked about the initial issue and, and the, the reaction that people have had. And, and we could do a 10-hour podcast just on this topic alone, which is crazy because it's just so vast and so many avenues to talk about and kind of a lot of different things to discuss. But um, actionary, um, I'm, I'm excited to hear, Pastor Mark, what do you feel What's that step that we take? So there's the, the initial hurt and the shock and the processing and, and feeling and what, what is this? Why is this happening? Uh, why does it continue to happen? Uh, but what's that thing where it's like, all right, you know what? Let's step up and it's time to start uh, implementing uh, things into this world. Both I already asked from both from a spiritual perspective, from a leadership perspective, like on our campus, like what is something you feel called to as a leader at the school for to to engage with students especially this freshman class like we thought last year's freshman class was a was something else to to work with imagine what this one is going to be um, they were fantastic though really. they were yes wonderful but definitely a challenge sent from the lord but we're i want to know what, what what are you feeling uh right now with this uh with everything going on right now, what does the action look like when we return back to campus, um, Lord willing? That, yes, that is a good question, Jaron. Um, I am so excited. It's an understatement to say that I'm excited and have great anticipation to see what this new class looks like. And not just the new class, but the returning students. Dude, it's going to be all that I can do, not to like be hugging everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like how we left. But anyway, uh, I'm anxious to get back on campus. You know what I want to create immediately, um, guys, I want, to, I want to have forums because this will be the first time uh, that our students will have face-to-face -face access with not just me, but other leaders of the university. And with so people I want to hear, in general, I want to hear, really. People in general, yeah, that too. So I want to hear what their questions are. I want to hear what their concerns are. I, I, want, to, I want to hear what um, their passions are. Um, I want to be able to answer questions because they're going to be asking me questions, Jaron, like, you know, yeah, so all right. What are we going to do? What is, what is Regent going to do differently? I, I would love to see uh, more diversity in leadership in, mm. in, in Le Regent University. Yeah, and I absolutely. hope that's one of the things that, that comes about from this. I hope that's one of the products that you know, we get more diversity on, on campus professors and in every level of administration. Um, I, I would love to, we, we have opportunities already. We've had opportunities in the past to get engaged in the community. There are schools in uh, Virginia Beach, but more so like in Norfolk and Portsmouth that are underserved. We had a part of our um, CM, CM uh, ministry who would go out with five, six o'clock in the morning to um, Mercy Chefs and they would feed children like, you know, first thing in the morning, but they would have to get up, leave region like at five, get there, prep the food, get it ready. That's what I'm talking about. And when, when I, I would love to be able to say to some of those underserved schools to say, we have some students and this is a pocket of time that we're willing to invest. These are some resources we have that we're willing to invest to help these students and help this faculty and staff be the best that they can be. So Absolutely. I think, you know, the time for talking and, 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 and kind of pontificating about what needs to be done and what could be done is past. I would love to have a couple of two or three points of action, Jerry, when we get on campus and say, okay, students, you know, take your pick, pray about this, mm. um, this move of action, pray about this one, pray about this one, where literally we are, we are off the campus and we're in the communities, we're in even churches that are underserved, finding a way where we can serve them and bless them and sow into them. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So you're saying action is more than just protesting. It's more, and it's more than just uh, posting, you on know, your just doing the standard, you know, signing a petition to get the officer arrested. It's, it's more than that. It's so, so much more than that, Christian. And you know what? I, what? The biggest travesty would be after all of the protests and all of the, the money that was spent and lives lost and all of the, the, the positive and negative uh, repercussions from what hap- what's happened this year, if we kind of get into the fall and, and kind of settle back into a nice comfort place, okay, we can have stadiums again, we can go to ball games and, and kind of fall asleep at the wheel again. You know, you understand mm-hmm. what that expression means? Yeah. You know, we're driving 90 miles an hour, but we're asleep at the wheel. Well, you know what, that, what, what inevitably is going to happen, that vehicle is going to crash. I really believe that there can be some positive actions that the church and the body of Christ can take. And, and even for reading students, even if it's, Jared, even if it's serving even at CBN right next door on our same, on our same Absolutely. ground. Absolutely. I know that's a untapped that's a no-brainer. thing that I don't know if Regent students have been involved in at the level that I feel maybe the Lord would want us to be involved in. Think and about to- this. There's no other college campus that I know in the nation that that's on the same grounds of an international um, outreach ministry that does what we, what, what operation blessing does. Absolutely. I, and I know I'm, I'm feel bad to admit this, but I think I've only ever been in that building maybe twice on just tours of the school. Really? It's going to change brother. Okay. I'll make you feel better. I've never been in. So, Oh yeah. You You probably skateboarded by it though, Chris. I did. I did. Um, Okay, I have, oh man, we have so many cool avenues that we could go down. I have two things though. One, and we don't really have to super elaborate on this, but I, you brought up kids. Um, I have such a special place in my heart for working with kids. And I actually worked at the same school that you worked at, uh, Pastor Mark. And we'd have the, we've had discussions about that before, about the principal that you worked with that I worked under oh, as well. Yeah. So that was a cool kind of connection. But um, the idea that it, uh, all of this period, regardless of the situation, all starts at the home. And I've seen that kind of posted. It's like the, the home, the, the family, the, and then the world, like what, the trans, what that movement looks like, you know, what, your heart based out of where you come out of. And then ultimately the ultimate change that the Lord has in your life through other people that become like your family. But yeah, I really appreciated you bringing up kids and just how impact and, and change can happen just through our relational ministry with just kids and seeing like, oh, that's an example. That's an example. Those kids notice that kind of stuff. Darren, here's a sobering thought. I mean, 10 years from now, the, the 10-year-olds are going to be 20. Yeah. The 50-year-olds are going to be 25. I mean, they're, they're going to be running the country. They're going to be doing stuff that, that's going to be integral to the survival and the prosperity of this country. So if we don't focus a significant amount of our time and resources and efforts on training them and preparing them and giving them healthy points of views and perspectives, Mm-hmm. I don't know what this country is going to look like 10, 15 years from now. Absolutely. And even just to bounce off of that, I would even say, and I wanted to hear maybe your perspective, Pastor Mark, if this is a correct assessment or, or, an, or an assessment in general, just um, this time that we're in, it's, it's very interesting that we went through this global pandemic where everybody had to go be locked up in their homes everybody very isolated to an event, an event like this that just shakes the nation. All of it just lined up in a very interesting way. Like you could not, 
people say you can't write this, like you could write this, but it, this is very specific. You could, I don't know if you could write this, just the way that the, everything confluted, just everything. Nostradamus couldn't have predicted this. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, so it's just like interesting and very, you know, it's very of this time right now. Like people are going to look back at 2020 and be like, whoa, that was a year, wasn't it? Yeah, like all these pandemics, you know, just and we're all only at the halfway same time, through. you know. We're only halfway yeah. through. So I, as somebody, I, I've always been an optimist, but I want to, my dad brought this up to me um, just as a, as a, as a way to maybe look at what change can be done and what newness the Lord is going to be bringing all of these things happening. You know, there's it, it, it's a very hurtful, very, there's a lot of sin baked into it, but as the Bible says, what was intended for evil will be used for good. Yeah. And so just looking at this entire thing, seeing maybe the, the mercy that the Lord had on us, that these events happened so that it would maybe awaken us to some things that we need to deal with, not only in just this world, but in our personal lives. And, yeah. and just maybe, maybe that the mercy of the Lord kind of him going, all right, it's enough. We need to point out some of this stuff. Um, I don't know if that's a correct assessment or not. Um, yeah. I, I've definitely seen like, oh, these things happening. It definitely brought some things up that I needed to assess in my own life. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it would have come up if things like this right. wouldn't have happened. So I'm choosing to believe that the Lord is using this uh, for not only just worldly good that can be done, but for personal gain in my own life. Guys, let me say this in closing that one of the things that this whole demonstration and this unfortunate um, death of, of George Floyd did and as I process the demonstrations and as I process the rioting and all that, it surfaced some prejudices in me. The Holy Spirit uncovered some. And I'm telling you guys, if you really want the Holy Spirit to show you the real, you ask him to. Mm -hmm. And he'll do that. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 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 the notion that black people can't be prejudiced is, is preposterous. You know, and you can't, you know, Christian, you've experienced that. So we can. And even as believers, as a, as a, as a Christian, as a spirit-filled, born-again, Bible-thumping believer, I, I had to face prejudices I had, you know, in and outside of my community. So it's like what, God, what, what Satan meant for evil, God is going to bring good out of this. I really believe that, that we have the potential for such a worldwide revival, move of God, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I've heard from pastors more than one say that during the pandemic, when churches were shut down, their church, mem not membership, but like viewership, people listening to the oh my goodness. broadcast, Amen. people coming to Christ has exponentially increased. Amen. We've doubled our people that go actually physically go to the church and the viewership online. It's crazy. We, we have, I don't know how big we have. We go to a relatively small church that we're trying to grow. The Lord, you know, is working. But the views are like four times, Thank you. five times Thank the amount of people that go to my actual church. And it's blowing my mind. And it's here's blowing the thing. my mind. At least some of those Christians, Jaron, some of those Christians, Christian, or some of those people, rather, would never set foot in a church. You know that. Some of them. I don't know what percentage, but God used this pandemic thing. Yeah to get the gospel in homes and to the eyes and ears of people who would have never gone the traditional oh route. My goodness. Yeah. Oh, I have a testimony real quick of that actually. Um, and I know we're pressed for time and we're wrapping up, but um, 
So we've been doing, like I talked to Pastor Mark before, and the listeners haven't heard this yet, but my family actually, I've been living in Florida. I'm going to be living here for the summer. My family came and visited Florida, and we, my dad is a pastor. We, we worked, um, filmed all of the sermons and premiered them live on Facebook for the, the church to watch. So that's where we've been seeing all the viewerships come in. So one of the episodes, my dad asked me to do like a mini podcast with one of the older members of our church. And so I did like a little six minute podcast with grandma Kathy and just talked about Easter and what that meant to her. This was back when Easter was going on. Anyway, uh, two weeks ago, I get a, a, a card in the mail, a postcard. And I was like, Oh, I wonder, I didn't know who it was from, but I saw it was, it was sent from Oregon. So I called my mom and dad and I was like, Hey, I got this really awesome postcard. What is this? And who is it from? And my mom and dad were like, Oh, well, everybody is separated. We called uh, on them to start sending postcards to one another to stay connected in that way. And I was like, well, who's this name? I never met them at our church. And they were like, well, they're not, they don't actually go to our church anymore, but they watched the live services and decided to choose you as somebody they were going to send this postcard oh, to. Oh, that's thinking <laughs> and cool. And so right I was very kind of impacted by that, the fact that there's a community being, you know, built. I'm starting to get emotional, but there's this community being <laughs> built up. Um, I know you can laugh, Chris, but it's just the idea that the Lord, you know, my parents, our family has been working very hard to get this church uh community built and yeah. to, to get something like that from people who haven't been to the church in a priceless. while priceless if anything that just proves the unity and the introduction that people can have to the church regardless of the color of our skin or Absolutely. where we are and in location or just everything and yeah. it, it confluences the lord will use uh anything to point Guys, i so want him. to i so want to encourage the church in this podcast, encourage. When I say the church, I'm talking about any anybody who's a believer, who who's um, in the body of Christ, not to be discouraged, not to look at this uh, the the narrative that's on the evening news and 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 be discouraged. I mean, I've literally had to stop watching. I, I and I'm I'm one of those current event like every night. That's just something we do. Watch the news together. I'm, I'm watching 700 Club, and that's about it. But anyway, um, I, I'm I'm encouraging people not to look at what the secular narrative narrative is and be discouraged what the the pictures and the images and no i want you to understand that jesus christ is still lord over america and over the world he's got a plan Amen. and we, we just gotta we just gotta buy in we have to yeah. say lord i'm i'm in and yeah. and every day in my quiet time i'm saying give me the instructions holy spirit um give me the pattern give me your strategy today give me the playbook i'm in Put mm. me in, coach. And I really believe, I'm telling you, 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 you think you guys have heard some testimonies or you think you've experienced some testimonies. We haven't even scratched the tip of the surface. Oh. Because I really believe that God's going to blow our minds with opportunities. Oh, you want to serve, Mark? You want to touch the community? You want to get rid of your prejudices? He's going to open up doors. I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh. It may not look pretty. It may not feel good. But if, if God's hand is on it, then I want to go. I'm oh, like, here, my Lord send me absolutely but be yeah. careful Amen. when you say that be careful yeah. oh, guys yeah. he, will that uh, he, he will send you he will send you absolutely. <laughs> or even better he may send you or he may bring them to you oh that's very true got it mm -hmm. all right yeah i mean imagine the testimonies that are going to be coming Ooh. back to school Oh my goodness! You could fill. You'd imagine how many chapels you could fill with those testimonies. Oh my god! Craziness. I really expect chapel to look totally different. I'm praying that we can like be in the same building, oh, but yeah. you know what? I'm going to say this, guys, and at the risk of 
being maybe a little too vulnerable and sounding kind of super spiritual, but the Lord showed me very early in my tenure at Regent University, the chapel packed to capacity every Wednesday and every Thursday. I'm talking about people trying to get in who can't get in, like in the lobby, because every row is filled, the sides are filled, and the front is filled. I don't know what is going to precipitate that. I don't know. How, and I don't even really care. And even to me, it's more than the numbers, because when, I, when the Holy Spirit showed me this image, people were crying out to God. They were praying and they were praising in every color, every creed. They were they were together. Evidently, the pandemic thing wasn't a part of this because there was no spacing, brother. But I, the, the Lord showed me a vision of this campus and this area crying out to God and that chapel being filled and people getting healed and delivered from stuff, from, from physical ailments, from depression, anxiety, all type of stuff. So I'm believing that that's going to happen. And this may be the hour that the Lord allows mm. that vision to come to pass. Amen. Amen. Yeah. See, I, I can be, I can be a crybaby too. So no, no, Chris it's true though. I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. I know. Yeah. Chris, you better, yeah. Yeah. You better cry uh, soon. Chris. Real no. <laughs> come on, I want it. Oh man. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, I just thank you. Well, first, uh, you know, we're wrapping up and, and wow. do the wrap up, but just like, so thank great. you, pastor Mark so much for one just just coming on this podcast yeah um, we are blessed and I, I just it's we didn't ever expect that starting a silly little podcast would grow into such something like this like where we're over a thousand listeners and it's just like we were we're so blessed because we started it just out of the fun conversations we were having with ourselves and now to be in a place where we could use this to not only share our perspective, but to invite people whose perspective is, is different than ours and, yeah. and to, for them to explain what they're going through and, but also be open to hear like yes. from two college students that are still trying to figure it out. Yes. Like that, that just speaks volumes about you as a leader. And so I know for a fact, a hundred percent, I'll preach it to the rooftops that the Lord uses everybody and uses all kinds of platforms to reach people. And so just thank you, Pastor Mark, for the impact that you've had on our lives and the, the, the friend that you yes, had to both thank of us. You. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, um, despise not small beginnings, but uh, it's been my pleasure to honor you guys. And I just want to, uh, I, I want to say I honor you because uh, you guys have uh, been obedient to the, to the Holy Spirit to be a voice for your generation and, and not to come on like we've got all the answers. No, like you said, you're still no. trying to figure things out. So you're giving, you're, you're, you're giving your uh, students a platform. And, and I thank you. This is an awesome platform. Keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you being our me. first recurring guest also. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, anytime, anytime I'm available, guys, just, you know, connect with my agent and we get, we get <laughs> take care of the proper paperwork. Uh, you know, there's I'm that classic available. Pastor Mark humor we've been waiting for. <laughs> I love you guys, yeah. man. Have a great, have a great, have a great evening. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you yeah and thank you for everyone who is watching or listening uh we appreciate you um hope you could uh just kind of seep into or just like take the thoughts that we talked about uh think about it you know um i guess let us know what we think i guess yeah, if you got one absolutely. of our instagrams or something you can always let us know yes please reach there. out to us because we want to have those course. conversations yes yeah, yeah. as well yeah, we um, want to we want to dig into the real deep conversations and questions. Uh, you know, we want to tackle what's going on yeah. in in the world, and you know, as Christians, that's that's kind of what we're we're called to do. Absolutely. Um, uh, qu quick 
Chris, before you send us off, Pastor Mark, Chris, myself, is there anything that we need to uh, plug or just inform people about anything coming up? Um, I know for about, CM, we have uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah, see, just, just CM uh, at home summer edition. And, you know, we have chapel this week. Uh, I'm speaking in chapel and I think I have a very poignant, um, uplifting, encouraging word. Um, so tune in 12 o'clock on Wednesday. Yeah. Campus ministries, right. uh, regent underscore CM, I believe is the Instagram for all us, re for all the regent students that are looking to get in, involved and encouraged, um, mm -hmm. by that. Um, Chris, you have a brand new YouTube channel too, that, that you can plug as well. Yeah. I mean, I, this video is going to be on it anyway. Uh, the, the YouTube channel is called go therefore. Uh, just straight off of go on, it's called go therefore, just like, uh, you know, the great commission. Um, and it's just a, it's just a YouTube channel that, you know, dives into anything, uh, from a Christian perspective, uh, giving tips or, or whatever it may be. Absolutely. And um, final so, thing too. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I would keep everything. I keep like saying, all right, Chris, tag us out, but it's not yet. But, um, the, the girls, the girls podcast, um, Morgan, and Vernie, good friends of ours, we uh, we reached out to them and are co-producing a go on spinoff podcast called In Between In Conversations. Between. Wow. Yeah, so the first episode was posted back in May. Um, mm -hmm. I talked with Morgan today. She's uh, going to be working on some new stuff. Uh, and then when Vernie gets back from camp, they're going to go full swing into the brand new podcast that's hosted by them too. And right. we felt, we, we looked at our logistics and uh, the, the gauges and stuff and realized we have a very big female audience for some reason. And so we felt like, um, <laughs> we felt like we needed to uh, reach that uh, demographic a little bit better maybe. And so <laughs> we, we uh, brought guys. on two people that we love and adore very much and have a really cool yeah. perspective. And awesome girls. And so, yeah, in between conversations is a go on uh, produced podcast. So keep an eye out for more episodes of that. Yeah. All right. Now that we got all of our <laughs> shameless plugs in, uh, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for watching, listening. I hope you have a, a wonderful day wherever you're at. Um, and God bless you all.